What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. You are on Fan the Flame. I'm your host, Scott Tilly. Um, it's my desire and hope that through this message, you have, um, you will receive great encouragement and maybe even some instruction. Um, this message is going to be wrapped around the subject of Father's Day. Um, and I, I just, it's my, it's my prayer that, that through uh, what you hear, um, wherever you are, um, as a father, maybe you're soon to be father, maybe you've been a father for 50 years, maybe um, your, your children are far away from you, um, be it um, things that have happened or um, things that are beyond your control or whatever the case may be. Maybe your children are the prodigal's um, sons and daughters right now, and you're just waiting for them and praying for them to come home. Wherever you're at, I pray that this message touches your heart. Um, I don't know how how long we're going to take on this or how um, I'm, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit to have free range to navigate this appropriately, because I, I just believe that in this day and age, there has never been a time that is in greater need uh, for sons and daughters to have fathers. And um, we don't have to look very far to see that the world without fathers, without spiritual fathers, without fathers in the faith, where um, where we can end up and where we have ended up um, the culture is completely lost, and this is not going to be a doomsday message, but I just I want to start by just stating the obvious, looking around the world, looking around the United States as a whole, what we're looking at is a fatherless generation, and doesn't mean that there hasn't been some good dads. What, what means, what I'm talking about is uh, fathers that are raising their children in the faith of Christ Jesus in the faith of um, understanding who they are, their identity, and, be, and being wrapped around the heart of the Father. That's where um, culture has always shifted when the church has done its appropriated responsibility to take care of orphans and widows and, and be spiritual fathers to those whom um, maybe don't have the physical father that is in front of them. So there, those are two things that I want to talk to um, to you all about today or tonight or whenever you may catch this. This is actually... Um, I'm recording this on Father's Day, so um, I pray that it, it reaches the heart of all you men who um, who have come to the knowledge of Christ, or maybe who have not yet, and through this message will receive knowledge and understanding that Jesus Christ is uh, Lord and Savior, and that you will repent and that you will return that you will turn to Him. And so, that is my goal today to talk about fathers in the home and 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 spiritual fathers. And so. I want to read a few scriptures with uh, with you today, and and just to kind of understand where we're headed with this. First thing, first thing I want to do is pray, and pray that the Holy Spirit would guide, lead, and protect every single thing that is said today, and that it be encouraging, and that it uh, lift you up wherever you're at in the faith. So, Jesus, we come before you, and we just thank you. I thank you for what you've given us as fathers, whether spiritual or physical or both. Uh, you've given us an ability and a responsibility to carry the kingdom to our kids and to those who would become our spiritual children. God, I'm so thankful that even though the world may be crazy, you're not. You're not shaking your head in heaven, trying to figure out what to do next. You've placed fathers on this earth to father children. And I'm so thankful for that responsibility. I am elated that I get to be a father. I'm elated that you've given me these two beautiful babies to take care of, and then a multitude of other children that I have been able to influence and I have been able to give um, hopefully some kind of teaching and understanding of how good you are as our father. 
And so we come to you with open hearts and open minds. And I'm reminded of that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray whenever we get stuck in life, whenever life's problems seem bigger than um, your power or your persistence or your perfection. And Jesus taught the disciples how to pray this prayer. And we can echo this prayer. It says this, that our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your name be kept holy, God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 I want to start with some scriptures and just to kind of get understanding of where we're going with this. And Psalm 103, 13 says this, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The Lord has compassion on those who would fear him, those who stand in awe and reverence of who he is, what he's done. I mean, guys, when we pray that prayer, I want you to think about this. Not, it's not something that you just quote in church on Sundays or on every third Sunday of the month. That prayer is something that Jesus thought um, dignified enough, powerful enough to quote it, to say it so that we could have a way to pray to God. Now, that doesn't mean that that's how you have to pray every time. My goodness, the Bible also says to pray without ceasing. And these are a couple of things that I want to talk about today, too. Like, as fathers, we have to learn how to pray. If we don't know how to learn, if we don't know how to, excuse me, if we don't know how to pray, then how are we supposed to teach our children how to pray? They need to know how to pray, especially in a world that is completely against what they stand for, for the most part. And so they have to be um, on offense and that not 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 offended, but on offense. So a greatest the greatest uh, battle against the defense is a great offense. And so if we're on the offense, we can know how to pray because we're already standing in victory in Christ Jesus. So when we pray, things happen, and we can institute and instill that gift into our children and teach them how to do the same thing. And so God has compassion on us. He has compassion on those who fear Him. And just like we are fathers to our children, God is a father to us. He is the father of every nation. He's the father um, of every people. And one day he's going to uh, he, he's going to show us just how in control he is as the father. And so whatever is going on right now, just know that the faith that resides in you is what draws the attention of God. He has given us such um an understanding of how great his love is through Christ Jesus, through his broken body, through his shed blood, so that we could come to the Father, the throne room of grace, boldly. And he has compassion on us. And what does it, what does it mean? We, we've talked about this before in previous podcasts of what it looks like to fear the Lord. Well, it's, it's not that he is waiting around the corner with that Bible to bash you over the head with it. It actually means awe and reverence, okay? Like there's a great awe of looking at what God has done. I mean, you're, you're talking to the God of the universe, the one who spoke and framed the world into existence by his word. And so that to me is, is how we should approach him. Like, wow, God, you did all this, but yet you still care to hear from me. Yes, he does. That's why we can, we can hang our hats on Psalm 103.13 because he has compassion on us. And we should in turn have compassion on those who are fatherless. Like we all have become sheep without a shepherd led astray. Okay. That's why we have to have the good shepherd, the good father to call us back into the sheepfold. That's why we must turn when we have missed it and we're gotten far away. And this is the beauty of repentance as fathers 
as, as a father that I am, when my son sees me repent, that will become a natural lifestyle for him. Whenever he messes up, he can repent, he can turn and, and he can receive Jesus just the same as I can. It's not that I have so much more wisdom or I'm so much more understanding than him. I've lived a life longer than him. Yeah. Those are all great qualities, but he can have the same relationship understanding that I have with Jesus. And so that's what we want as our parents is, is our kids to have right standing with the father through the blood of Jesus. And so um, having compassion toward that, having compassion toward um, where he's going and what, what God is doing in his life and where God has taken him is absolutely crucial as a father. Another verse I want, I want to read to you is Proverbs 22, 6, because this one, I always go back to this and I always quote this to people who are struggling with their children, whether they've um, been led astray, whether they are prodigal sons and daughters, whether they are off doing their own thing. I always go back to this because there's a seed planted when that child is small and that child knows the way home. It says, start children off in the way that they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Okay. So no matter what happens, you start your child off in the faith Sooner or later, that child will make a decision, hopefully for the better, if they're in a bad spot, if they're, if they're indulging in the sins of the flesh and they're in the, of the world, they will remember those seeds planted at such a young age, and they will return back to what they know to be true. And that's what happened with the prodigal son. You can go read that story for yourself. Um, this child was raised in the faith, raised to believe, you know, and, and I love the beauty of the end of that story. The father says to the other son, he says, all that I have is yours. All that I have has always been yours. And so anything that the father has, he gives to us in, in good standing, in right standing. And he has given us the authority to be um, a beacon of hope and a beacon of light in a lost and dying world in a lost generation. So that is what a good father does. He gives good gifts. Amen. Second Samuel 7:14 says what? I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. Okay, you can read the rest of that. But so who is the father? Who is God the father? God the father, right? He owns everything. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. There's nothing done or said that he does not see and not hear. He he sees all things. He's in all things, right? He he understands far beyond human comprehension. He has just instituted into us this grace to be able to, to walk and talk and, and breathe in, in, a, in such a way that the world is drawn unto us and that we is because we are drawn unto him. And so as, as we're drawing the world closer to the church, closer to the ecclesia, closer to the fellowship of the saints, we are drawing them unto the father. And that is what he desires. He desires us to be fathers of those who are, are cast out, the oppressed, the, the let down, the, the ones whom the world has given up on the ones whom the world has quit on, the one whom the world has said that they'll never be anything more than a druggie or, or a drug dealer or a gangbanger, or they'll never be anything more than a liar or an adulterer or whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter. Those are the ones who God's heart is after. And, and we have to father these people in such a way that they get to see the characteristics of Jesus through us. And when we do that, it brings the father glory. It brings the father. I, I believe it brings him joy when we don't discard the ones whom the world has discarded. Okay. So, and here's what I, here's what I found out most of the time, those of us who struggle with sin and temptation, and we fall into these things, we have, we have not been fathered very well in those places in our lives. 
So there's places in our lives where maybe nobody fathered us. Maybe we didn't have somebody come alongside of us and teach us and disciple us in those areas. And those are the ones, those are the areas that, that God is really giving us the uh, um, authority to go in and change that person's life. And that's what a good father does is he comes in and it's not just your, your flesh of your flesh. It's not just your kids that you've had with your wife or your, or your, or your spouse or whoever. It's, it's also those in the world that need a father figure. We are called to be spiritual fathers too, or the Bible wouldn't say things like I quoted earlier, take care of orphans and widows. Okay. That's what we're to look like as fathers to take in those who may not have an earthly father or may have a horrible representation of an earthly father. Maybe this earthly father has, has abused them. Whatever the case may be, it is our responsibility as men of faith, as God-fearing men, to take these children under our wings and to help them understand that there is good in this world and that that good is Jesus and that he loves them and he has a purpose for their life, he has a plan for their life. And so I love the term spiritual father. And if you don't have a spiritual father, get one. It's absolutely crucial that you have somebody helping you understand how this whole thing works, how um, how faith arises in this hour. Those who have been through things, those who have had triumph after you know after tribulation, and that they know they know how to navigate purpose in those seasons of their life. And so, it's absolutely pivotal that you have people like that in your life. Those fathers in the faith that can help teach you the word, can help rebuke us, can help correct us, can help teach us can help us be grown in the faith and understanding more of the principles of the kingdom of heaven. And look, I have, I have a few of those guys in my life and I couldn't do life without them. We may not talk every day, but they're praying for me. They're interceding for me. It's not like they're discipling me and, and, and teaching me every single day. I, you know, but I'm, I'm getting teaching from them. I'm getting discipleship from them by following what they're teaching, by following what they're doing and following how they live their life. And, Paul said it like this, follow me as I follow Christ. I have no issue following somebody who's following Jesus. You know, we get this, this niche in our head as men that we're too proud to follow another. Well, I don't need to follow you. I follow Jesus. Maybe Jesus is in that person working things for your good, trying to get you to follow him through that person. He'll do that, or Paul wouldn't have said things like that. You know, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. Those people that are sold out for the kingdom of heaven are people that we need to be following. We need to be having fellowship with. We need to be around. We need to glean from them. This is not a one-man race. This race that we're living, that we're, that we're running on, this course that we're running is, is community-driven, okay? And we need one another. And I think that's another thing that fathers need to be projecting to their children, whether they spiritual children or physical children. Like, we need each other. We need community of believers to walk hand in hand in the kingdom of God so that we can make an impact in this world. Jesus had people that followed him. He had the 12, right? He didn't do things on his own. He took 12 people, 12 uneducated men, and he helped them, right? Well, some of them were educated, but later on that he says that they were uneducated men and they could tell that they'd been with Jesus. But he's taken these men and he's, he's, he's raising them up in the faith and he's discipling them and he's showing them how to live life. And then he says, go do the same thing, gives in the Great Commission with the Holy Spirit. See, that's another thing that I think fathers are trying to outrun Holy Spirit in so many places of their lives where he has not commissioned them to go. And so then we're getting tired. We're getting drawn out. We're getting weak. But we, we draw that strength from him and we draw understanding from him on where he would have us go in each season and who he would have us reach in each season. And he's always calling us to the lost, guys. Okay. 
if he's always calling us to the places where nobody else wants to go, where nobody else wants to trot, it's just easier to stay in my church pew and not leave and not get uncomfortable and not do the things that God has called me to do because, you know, it, this is my comfort zone and I really don't want to get out of it. And so fathers are brave. They're, they're here to break that mold, break that understanding that, man, there's more to this life than just going to church. We're actually called to be the church. And that's the best thing a father can do is to teach his children how to actively pursue the kingdom of heaven so that we can be the church for a lost world. We're the lighthouse that the world is going to be drawn to when she is lost to see somewhere. And so we have to understand as fathers that we have to, um, this blessing is actually permitted from spending time with God. We have to understand his word. We have to understand his countenance and his provision and his promise. And we can't do that if we're not spending time in the word as fathers. I can't, I cannot literally get through my week without spending time with God. You know, there's not a day goes by. I'm not in the word because it, it builds me up. It builds my faith. It builds the character of Jesus inside of me. And that alone will help me be a better father to my son, to my daughter, and to those around me who may not have a father on this earth. And maybe they look to me as, as, a, as, a, as a father figure. And I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. Like, we should be the father Abraham. We should be the one whose blessing is residing on many generations because we've been faithful to the promise that God has called us to. That's why Abraham was able, as a father in faith, to be uh, represented in Hebrews chapter 11. I mean, he made it to the Hall of Faith chapter in the Bible, and that's because he was faithful to do what God had called him to, to father, right? Father Abraham, we know the song, had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So we can't sit here and say that we haven't been equipped. God has given us everything that we need in Christ Jesus to become the fathers that we need to be. And if you're not married right now and you don't have kids right now and you feel like I just I don't have anywhere I can father anybody. That's a lie from the pit of hell. There are plenty of places around you, probably on your block right now that these children need a good faith filled father to lead them into the presence of Christ and to lead them in understanding that they are important, they are needed, they are the future of this generation, they are the future of the world, and that Christ has a plan for their life. And good Lord, I'm so happy that I had people, I had father figures in my life that poured into me, that gave me, um, per, that gave me more than just prayers, but gave me physical needs that I needed in moments, whether it be a hug, whether it be a word, whether it be a meal, whatever the case may be. There was enough people in my corner that were pulling for me, that fathered me, in, in times in my life where I felt like I was all alone and my own father has been amazing. He's been a provider my whole entire life, you know, um, but there's so much more depth to understanding what we need as children of God. And it starts there. I think that we have to realize as men of the word of God, uh, men of faith, men of God, that we are children of God first, because everything stems from that understanding. I can't father well if I don't know I'm a son first, okay? Who's my dad? Who's my father? God's my father. And now that I have that identification, now I can father well. I think that we need to break the mold that we, uh, we, we've, we've met this understanding and we've partnered with this understanding that I can't father well because I wasn't shown how to be a father when I was raised up. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Get in the word of God, see what father God says about you, become a son, become a son of God, 
and then you can father well. But you're never going to father well outside of understanding your identity in Christ Jesus. He's the one who places fatherhood over you. He's the one who's given you the commands to go and be a great father. He's the one who will show you the way how to be a father. And anything else in the world is not going to measure up to what is needed in this world to be a good father. You can go get self-help books on how to be a good father, but the main understanding of how to be a good father is learning how to be a son. Come on. You learn how to father well out of the knowledge and the anointing of first being a son of God. Everything stems from that. Every piece of my being stems from being a son first. And that is my identity. You will never hear me say, I am a good father outside of knowing the good father. Okay, I can be a good father, but it's only by the knowledge and persistence of chasing the kingdom of heaven and understanding God as my father who gives me the audacity to believe that I can be a good father and that I can institute that good favor on my son through him and through the knowledge of uh, him being Jesus through un for, through my son, understanding that the knowledge of Christ is available to him as well. And then that will help him be a good father to his children. That's the blessing that God's talking about passing on the blessing from generation to generation. It's because we have taught our children how to be good fathers, how to be good daughters, how to be good sons. And so that's only retained by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Okay. So with that, what does it look like in your life to be a father? I'm, this is a question and you can write this down. You can maybe shoot it back to me and we'll do an episode on it later on. But I want to know personally, what attributes you have to being a good father? What attributes you have as a good father? What does that look like in your life? Is it being successful with money? Is it bringing in loads and boatloads of money? Is it loving your wife well? Is it, you know, giving your kids a whole bunch of things? What is it to you that you think institutes you as being a good father? I'm curious because I know for me, outside of Jesus, I can't be a good father. I can't even love myself, let alone somebody else outside of the love of Christ. I can't. I've, I've tried it. It doesn't work. Um, when my compassion meter is low, when I haven't been in Christ and I haven't been in the, or I haven't been in the word and I'm trying to do this thing on my own, it just doesn't work that way. And so I wanted to just share this with you today on Father's Day. I hope that your day is, is going blessed and you're spending um, amazing time with your family. Mine is out of the room right now. They're actually swimming. So I was okay to do a podcast. Um, and so I, I want to share this with you. This is... Um, this is a couple more verses that I want to share with you in, on behalf of, of being a father and what it means. And, and Pastor Michael talked to the, about this today at church, about leaving a legacy. Go watch that sermon. It's amazing. Um, legacies are things that we leave after we're long gone. And it's our dying hope as fathers that we're leaving a good legacy to our children. Um, and I, it, got, it got me thinking, though, like what what do I want on my tombstone when I pass away? What do I want to be remembered for? And the beauty about being remembered for things, like you don't even have to write them down. Like they're going to live on through how you lived. And so, but I wanted to, you know, yeah, obviously I wanted to get all the gushy stuff on there, on there about being a husband to Cassie and a father of these kids. But one of the things that I wanted most on my, because we were talking about this, I know this is weird, but like, what do you want on your tombstone when you die? The only thing that I, you know, the main thing I want highlighted on my tombstone when I die is this. 
they could tell he had been with Jesus. That's it. Like, that's all I want. There's a scripture in Acts that says, and they could tell that they had been with Jesus. That, that, that statement has burned in my skull since the first time I read it. And that is what I want people to know me for as a father. They could tell that that dad, that father, that gentleman of those children had been with Jesus. That's it. That's all I want to be remembered for as a father is that they could tell that he had been with Jesus. Because guess what? If I spend time with Jesus as a father, it's going to make me a much better father. If I spend time with Jesus as a husband, it's going to make me a much better husband. If I spend time with Jesus as a minister of his word, it's going to make me a better minister of the word of Christ. If I spend time with Jesus in work, it's going to make me a better employee. Come on, somebody. You get the point? No matter what we do, we do unto the Lord. Whatever work we're doing in the moment, we're doing it unto the Lord. And we must, as fathers, be doing our life bidding unto the Lord. Amen. I love 3 John 1, verse 4. And we'll end with this. I'll keep this short today. It says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. No greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. What is truth? Truth is Christ. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That nobody comes to the Father except through me. If we want to know the heart of the Father, we have to go through the Son. And that's why you heard me say earlier, I desire to be a son above all things, because then I can know the heart of the Father as a son. And I can institute and I can give great understanding of the heart of the Father to my children. That's it. That's all it is, guys. So, hey, listen, uh, I appreciate you guys. Keep the questions coming. It, it keeps me, you know, dis disciplined and motivated to keep uh, moving forward with these episodes. So, I love you guys. I thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Fathers, be blessed. This is your day. Spend it with your babies. Now, you're going to get this after Father's Day, so I guess it's my hope that you've already rested and spent time with your family and did all the great things that uh, that you have wanted to do in uh, on Sunday. So I love you all. Be blessed. We'll catch you next time.